Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Welcome in on a Monday after what was a pretty brutal week for Ole Miss, but that's uh, quite all right. I I should say weekend, not week. A pretty brutal weekend for Ole Miss, but I'm here to tell you to take a deep breath and relax. That's the theme of today's show. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you are with me. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Borky. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a review. And uh, if you're bored, if you want more of me, which, hey, I don't know why you would, but if you want more of me, uh, you can get more of me every morning. I do a live stream, uh, wrapped mine up this morning a couple hours ago. Now I'm hitting record on this. Uh, I am the content king at Super Talk, as it turns out. Nobody produces more content, uh, whether it be on the radio or in digital form, than me at Super Talk, as it turns out. Well, I say that. I mean, we've got a whole news team, and they're doing multiple articles a day. I guess I should say, audio-wise, nobody's doing more than me. Anyway, um, check it out there. So every morning, 8 a.m., uh, on Sports Talk's Twitter. Uh, you can catch uh, it on Facebook as well, or my YouTube page. Uh, just search Michael Borky and subscribe to my YouTube channel. It doesn't cost you anything, uh, but check that out. I would love to have you along with me. It's my favorite part of the day, honestly, the morning live stream. I uh, I just love it. So hope you'll join me next time. And uh, really glad you are with me. But yeah, uh, we're talking calming things down today. And we'll talk about the basketball loss as well. Maybe I can actually officially not be wrong about the season being over. Maybe I can finally be right about this. Uh, But it feels like after that loss to Vanderbilt, a really an inexcusable loss to Vanderbilt, if we're being totally honest, um, put the nail in the coffin on Ole Miss basketball this year. So we'll talk about all that coming up. But first, I want to remind you, the podcast brought to you every single day by LBs just across from Kroger. On University Avenue there in Oxford, it's the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. We're approaching the time change, which means uh, you have more opportunities to get behind the grill during the week as well. Nobody likes grilling in the dark, so I'm thankful for that time change. But if you're going to do anything on the grill or anything meat-related, LB's is the best place in Mississippi to do just that. Go by and see Greg. Tell him we sent you. Get one of their daily lunch specials during your work week but they are open seven days a week. Again, LB's, the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. All right, I'll start with basketball, actually. Or should I? Thinking out loud here. Should I start with basketball or baseball? I'll do baseball. The D1 rankings came out, the top 25, and Ole Miss fell to number four, which is crazy. I can't believe Ole Miss only fell to number four. I mean, doesn't D1 realize that uh, the offense is the worst offense in the history of the world and Mike Bianco needs to be fired and and so does Clement and everything just sucks and is awful and it's the worst team ever. And here's what I'll say. First of all, like I said at the top, everybody just take a deep breath. Everybody needs to relax just in and out. What what is that uh, Adam Sandler movie? Back when he made funny movies, um, anger management, goose fraba, whatever the heck he says. Everybody just take a big step back and just relax about your baseball team. I saw on Twitter and in various group messages that I'm in a lot of frustrated people with your baseball team this week, and understandably so. I mean, look, you were number one 
That lasted a week. You should not have lost to UCF. I hear you. I get all that. The offense was really frustrating to watch. I understand that. Believe me, I understand that. But it's okay. It's okay. What we learned this weekend is that the team has flaws. They are not perfect. But I think that some of the reaction that I saw, I don't mean to be condescending. I said this on the stream this morning. Forgive me if I sound condescending. I don't mean to be. But I truly don't understand how some of you get through football season. Because if a baseball game or a baseball weekend gets you like this got to some people, I just don't understand. I really don't understand how some of you guys get through football games. Seriously. Um, no, it is not good. I'm not trying to tell you that it's good that they lost to UCF this weekend, two out of three. It's not good. And it could very well have been getting swept by UCF. It's not good. But it's not the end of the world. It it was February 27th when they lost the series to UCF. It's not the end of the world. Baseball is a funky sport sometimes. You're missing your firecracker. Uh, who's still out with a hamstring injury. I mean, a guy that really kind of gets that lineup going and sets the tone and is a good hitter, that's out of your lineup. You're tinkering with lineups now because of that injury, and you've got some young, inexperienced bats in the lineup. The talent is there. They are still, in my opinion, who you thought they were. They are a team that can accomplish every goal that's in front of them. They absolutely can do that. It's almost as if like Arlington last week never happened. You know what I mean? I mean, they just beat three top 10 teams in Arlington. They were close games. They had to pitch it pretty well. Who knows about Texas? I mean, if we're being honest, Texas probably isn't a top 10 team, but that just happened last week. I feel like some people just kind of lose perspective on this. It's a team that is dealing with a key injury that has some young, inexperienced bats, that has a flaw. The middle of the lineup was very bad. Their approach to the plate wasn't very good. I'm going to play you Mike Bianco's post-game Saturday, uh, the post-series interview, or I guess uh, press conference, and you'll hear him explain some of their thought processes with lineups and stuff like that. He doesn't sound like he's panicking, and neither should you. I tend to think that this team is still very much what you thought that they were which is a team that can compete at the highest level with anybody in the country, a team that can reach their goals, every goal that's set in front of them, including championships. I believe that they are still that team. This weekend, though, they showed that they have flaws. And they have to overcome that flaw, those flaws if they want to, let's say, here in a few weeks, beat Auburn, go to Alabama and win. Go to Florida and win, you know, be a team that hosts a regional, hosts a super regional, that kind of stuff. They have to correct what you saw offensively this weekend, but they are talented enough to do it. There's just some inexperience in that lineup, and that's okay. And and there Mike Bianco is still trying to figure his team out. It's not time to hit the panic button just yet. It's not time. I mean, I I had one person in a group message say that 
it's clear now that Bianco's past his, uh, what do you say, past his prime or something like that, that it's been time to move on from Mike Bianco. And I just, I can't wrap my mind around having that kind of a sweeping judgment one week after you ascended to number one by beating three top 10 teams. I, I can't figure it out. It's okay. It will not be okay if they lose like this a lot moving forward. But right now, it is just one weekend. Right now, you've got some learning opportunities coming up, a chance to hopefully beat some teams into the ground with Memphis and Jackson State and Belmont and Louisiana Monroe before you start SEC play. I mean, those kind of teams can help these young guys kind of figure themselves out and hit the baseball and get confidence back and stuff like that. But it's just one weekend. It's not the end of the world. I feel like I'm being kind of preachy right now, and I'm sorry about that. I really don't mean to be you know, preachy. Like, you shouldn't care. Of course you should care. This weekend shouldn't have happened. This team's better than what you saw, especially this weekend. But that's the point. They are better than this. This isn't a finished product. This isn't your polished team. They are still as talented as you thought they were. They are still as capable as you thought they were. It's a bad weekend. That's all it is. It's a bad weekend. If it turns into multiple bad weekends, then you, then you should be concerned. But right now, man, there's no reason to be concerned yet at all. It's okay. Everything is still in front of that team. It's just one weekend. And when you look at the polls, D1 dropped Ole Miss down to, to number four. That's it. So if those people seem to think you still have an elite-level baseball team, maybe you should too. It's not the end of the world. They just have to get back on track. They have to take better approaches, especially in tight games and 3-2 counts and stuff like that. They can't have blunders where you, you get thrown out at home when, I mean, the UCF guy could have literally rolled the ball to home and thrown John Rice Plumley out. Those kind of things can't happen. But right now, I am still very much convinced that this is a team that has every achievable goal in front of them. I think that they are better than the way they played this weekend. And I think uh, all of you, uh, if you are one of those people that's panicking, don't. There's no reason to just yet. They are only one week removed from sweeping in Arlington. They have to improve their offensive approach. Getting Chatney back will help a lot, I think. I think that's a big loss, at least in the short term, because hopefully it's not a, a nagging injury. They're tinkering with stuff. It's, it's, it's not the end of the world. And it is not because, and I, I had some people say this to me too. I had a, a buddy say, excuse me, I'm still dealing with some crud stuff. Um, I had a buddy tell me that he hopes this is the end to the dirty Mike and the boys thing. And I, I mean, he's one of those people that thinks that like the way fans act online, like, it impacts the team in any way that doesn't happen. If you're one of those people, I know some of you guys are that think that like the online activity from some folks is like contributing to anything other than just being fun online. It's really not that serious. I guess that's the point I'm really trying to make. It's not that serious. Um, fans tweeting memes doesn't impact the team in the way they play. Ole Miss lost to UCF this weekend because their approach to the plate was abysmal. That's how they lost. And they shot themselves in the foot a couple times as well. They lost because they couldn't score. That's why they lost. They didn't lose because of memes. They didn't lose because the Ole Miss Twitter account had fun at Sam Ellinger's expense last weekend. They didn't 
uh, lose because people on message boards were pumped about being number one and being cocky about UCF coming in and, and all that. that. That didn't impact anything at all. Zero percent of the outcome of this game was because of Twitter. Um, I think the Dirty Mike and the Boys thing is funny. I think UCF firing back at Ole Miss because the Dirty Mike and the Boys thing was also very funny. That impacts nothing. It doesn't say anything about the fan base. It, it does nothing. It's just fun online, and that's it. It's not why they lost this weekend. Um, I'm mostly speaking to one guy that I know very well who who anger texts me every time Ole Miss does something poorly. Um, and I'm telling you the same thing I told him. It, Twitter didn't lose the games this weekend. Twitter doesn't do anything other than Twitter. That's it. It's not a big deal. But he's not alone in that line of thinking. At least I don't think so. I believe um, that this team is as good as you thought they were. I think they've got a flaw, one that they can correct, that they're talented enough to correct. But it's a flaw. It's there. They're not perfect. Luckily, they have what should be a pretty easy week, five games against teams that they're better than. And they can pick it back up tomorrow and and get right. And they can pick it back up against Jackson State and Belmont and get right. Maybe it's not a bad thing this team got popped in the mouth. 20 straight games, you were probably feeling yourselves pretty good. And they learned. That's good. You'd rather them learn at the end of February than the middle of May. It's not the end of the world. It's going to be okay. Deep breath, everybody. I think your baseball team, and for whatever it's worth, I mean, I know a lot of you think, and you're, you're not wrong, that I don't really know what I'm talking about. That's a fair criticism. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, it is. Uh, but I think, I think I'm right on this one. I think your team is as good as you think they are, or thought that they were. I think so. I'm not worried about them yet. Throw another stinker this weekend, maybe we have a different conversation. But for now, I'm going to give it the old, that's baseball. I'm going to give it the old, have faith in your team. They're going to be fine. And I'm not going to sweat over it or tell you to sweat over it because I don't think you should. At least not yet. Something you should sweat over, though, is your basketball team. Now, you if you listen to this podcast every day, you know that I have... um, I've declared them dead twice before just for them to win against ranked teams after I declared them dead. But um, I I guess I nailed it. I mean, this team was never consistent enough to make the NCAA tournament. Um, offense wasn't the problem on Saturday against Vanderbilt at all. They scored. I mean, if Ole Miss is scoring 70 points in a game with their style of play, you should expect to win, especially with who Vanderbilt didn't have available in that game, but yet Ole Miss suffers in two weeks. It's second um, loss in a must-win game against a team that they should have been better than, and they weren't. Um, This season will be remembered, and uh, it's just filled with inconsistency, filled with what could have and what should have been, and filled with failed expectations. But that's the the next layer of this conversation. I, I feel like Most everybody agrees at this point that the season's kind of over. I mean, maybe they can play in the NIT, which wouldn't be a bad thing. Uh, But unless they win four games in four days in Nashville, they're probably not making the NCAA tournament. The season is is over, basically. So now what? 
is the question. You're going to see some roster turnover. There's a handful of guys uh, that play significant minutes that likely will not be back for Ole Miss next year. It's a real thing. It's really, really there. Um, This year is pivotal. I, I am not saying that you fire Kermit Davis right now. I think that would be ridiculous. However, I do think that um, the team is underachieved. And going into 21-22, the expectation should be this team makes the NCAA tournament. I am aware that Ole Miss is a difficult basketball job. I am aware that they have, what, one Sweet 16 appearance uh, in the history of the program, I believe. They have one player currently in the NBA. It's Terrence Davis. And he's in Toronto of all places, like even not even in the American team. It's a very difficult job. Very difficult job. But what are you expecting out of it? Because if I were you, I wouldn't be okay with the the current product. It's not acceptable. Yeah, they made the tournament in year one and then regressed in year two. And now here they are, a season filled with hype going into it. Everybody thought this was the most talented roster he's had. And they're inconsistent. They can't score at times. They can't defend against Vanderbilt, who was 7-12 and and 2-11 and going into the game. And they'll miss the tournament again. So what are your expectations of your program? Because if this, to you, is something that you're accepting of, then you just wasted $100 million on a new building. Now, one arena doesn't change the entire landscape of a program, but if you're not expecting more out of your basketball program than what you got under the predecessors of Kermit Davis, then why did you waste all that money on a new practice facility and a new arena? What was the point? You should have just renovated the tad pad and put the rest of the money in football if if you were just going to be okay with mediocre results. It's a really difficult job. I don't think your expectation should be making the tournament every year or every other year, but one out of three is, I think, a fair expectation, and they've done that so far. But the seat going into 21-22 should be warm. Changes need to be made. This team needs to be better. They've recruited well, which is a good thing. But the team needs to be better, and they need to be better immediately. Another season like this, and you should be having a very difficult conversation. You should. Um, But that's not to say I don't recognize how tough of a job Ole Miss basketball is. I understand. I mean, it's, it's a very tough job. But what's the point of playing and investing when you're not going to have expectations that match your investment? Look at Alabama. Just one state over. Is Alabama really that much of a better job than Ole Miss? How are they able to do this? I don't know. I've said it many times. I think fans should expect more. Even though basketball is not even like first or second fiddle on campus, it's I mean, you guys are baseball people. But you should expect better than this. I think, and I think Kermit Davis knows that. I think he's a very good basketball coach. That's why I'm not saying you fire him now, because it's not time for that. But this team has to be better next year. It has to. And there's going to be some turnover, more turnover again. Has to be better next year. Because this this inconsistency, this, this style of play is not very attractive either. 
like they're not even fun to watch, even though they're inconsistent there. I mean, it's a tough watch. Things have to get better. They just have to. And um, it has to happen immediately. Because this isn't good enough. You shouldn't accept this. And in fairness, I mean, Kermit Davis doesn't expect this either. He he expects better. So it's not like he's trying to, he's making excuses and telling you guys that you should just shut up because this is the best he can do. You know, that's not happening. He understands this as well. But another season like this and conversation needs to be different. It, uh, it needs to be there for sure. All right, I'm going to uh, play this Mike Bianco audio for you. It, it, for whatever it's worth, I know coach interviews sometimes can get boring, but he's a little bit more open lately, I've noticed, than um, than he has been in the past. So there's some informative stuff here. You know, you can hear especially his tone uh, after their series loss on Saturday. Uh, hear from uh, Mike Bianco and what he had to say, his reaction to why and how they lost. So I'll play that for you here. Don't forget, again, to check out the live stream. I'm telling you, it's I, I have a lot of fun doing that. Would love to have you a part of that as well. But thank you for listening to this. If this is the only part of my content that you consume, I'm very thankful that you're with me in any way, no matter how you are. Um, very lucky to have all of you as a, as a listener, truly. Um, anyway, all right, here's Mike Bianco, and that will end the podcast. So thank you for making the podcast a part of your day, and I'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Yeah, Mike, um, obviously the big rally in the ninth to get game two, but for the most part, the weekend was tough offensively. What do you think was uh, really the reasoning for that? Uh, you know, we'll have to you know go back and look at the tape. But, you know, it just uh, I think one, a big part of it, which, you know, usually it is, is they pitched really well. You know, they were uh, I thought they were outstanding all weekend on the mound and, uh, you know, even their bullpen. But the three starters were 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 dominant. And, um, you know, today, you know, the game three, we had a lot of trouble with Jones, but uh, just uh, three really good starters that I thought commanded it. Uh, it wasn't a surprise necessarily of the stuff, and you know we expected that, but man, they were really effective, and you know we just looked uncomfortable at, at times. Uh, and uh, as I just said on the radio, you know one of the things that we were able to do last weekend, even though we didn't get a ton of hits, and we faced some really good pitchers, we were, we were able to you know uh, bunch some some at bats together and put some innings together. Uh, you know, that we didn't, they didn't allow us to do it. I thought on Friday night, um, again, Gordon was really good, but they were able to make some, some really good plays. And, uh, you know, at the end, uh, just uh, too good on the mound, really good defense. They, you know, didn't open the door much. Uh, they threw the ball into the strike zone. You know, they didn't walk us. And, uh, you know, uh, again, we just weren't good enough offensively. It's been a long time since y'all dropped a series, Mike. So what was kind of the word to the team after the game? You know, we got to play better, you know, and, and and that's, you know, that's the fairest assessment, you know, that, that I can make right now is they just, they beat us. I mean, you know, straight up just played better than we did. And uh, it wasn't that, uh, it wasn't close, obviously, but they just, it was almost the opposite of last weekend where uh, it seemed like we made all the big pitches to get off the field. Uh, you know, uh, they, they just, uh, were so committed offensively, especially in game three. I thought offensively they were really good today. And, uh, and even though I, I, I thought Diamond had good stuff, 
Uh, just, you know, it seemed like every mistake that he made, a ball that would leak back over the plate, you know, they got, you know, some you know, good swings at and, uh, um, and even pitches that were good pitches, you know, that I thought he made. Um, they did a, a really good job. But, you know, uh, they just played better than we did. You know, they, it was opposite of last weekend, again, where, you know, we made pitches and got off the field. This week we couldn't. Uh, last week we were able to get the big hit. This, this week we couldn't put enough hits together to, to mount a lot of offense. Mike Hayden talked a little bit about thinking that fastball gave you guys some trouble this weekend after facing some of the high velos last week. Did you see that at all, or do you think that there was something else that might have been contributed to some of the off balance? I, you know, I think all the guys were a little different. I think, you know, Gordon on, on Friday night, um, although it, it was plenty of velocity, 90-93 from the left side, uh, you know, I think his play, his ball played up a little more, you know, than 90-93. You know, like it looked like we just couldn't get to his fastball last night. Uh, today, you know, Jones was was different. I, you know, uh, I thought the first guy in game one, the name escaping me now, that uh, the game one pitcher uh, just mixed it enough to where we couldn't, you know, put it together. That that was, you know, maybe the the disappointing thing I think of all of it. You know, where you look at of all the nine, you know, the the twenty seven innings you know the nine innings in game one we just we we didn't do much you know to, to put a put any you know rally together uh, gunner was terrific but um back to your question i thought jones it was just a really good mix a, a really uh mostly fastball change up and we just couldn't pick it up and it just seemed like we were uh got caught in between where we couldn't catch up to the fastball. Uh, but when we were ready for the fastball, you know, we got the change up and we just, it was a good mix, a ton of strikes, uh, you know, always ahead in the count. We just, we just couldn't do much with it. You talk about putting rallies together. Is that something where it just happens when it happens or is there kind of a key to sustaining those types of rallies? I think we have to do a better job. And that was one of the things and not getting too much into it, you know, into the weeds. But I think one of the things is, you know, we just made it too easy. We had too many three, two counts where we swung at balls, either, you know, high fast balls or change ups in the dirt where we have to be disciplined enough to take those. Uh, and if we can take some of those pitches, you know, innings change. You know, from you know, use from swinging at a high fastball or change up in the dirt at three two to having a base runner on and another batter. And you know what happens is you know you you know Jones doesn't just get to the seventh. You know he may only get to the sixth or the fifth. You know because of pitch count. But uh, you know uh, again, you know I'll go back and we'll me and you know Clem will watch the tape. But I think you know some of those at bats. You know uh, you know we'd like to have back. You know some of those at bats where um, we just. Uh, we're non-competitive, two-strike change-up in dirt that's not even close, or you know, chasing a high fastball. But uh, but again, uh, we're going to work on that and and, and get better, surely. Uh, but but some of the credit has to go to them. I thought they were they were excellent on the mound all weekend long. Coach, uh, could you talk a little bit about how Cole just how Cole Baker pitched tonight in the eighth and ninth? I thought, yeah, he was, you know, obviously terrific, kept the game, you know, intact and, you know, kept it at seven runs. And, and we needed that after, you know, the, the, the other two, you know, freshmen came in and it just seemed like, 
uh, you know, they just couldn't find a rhythm. You know, they just couldn't, you know, really uh, go from pitch to pitch and, and throw enough balls into the strike zone and just fell behind too many hitters. Well, really, the two freshmen and, and, and Brandon. And, uh, you know, but uh, Cole showed you, you know, when you, you come in and you hit some spots, you know, um, regardless of how hot the offense is, and they were pretty hot there in game, you know, two today, uh, you know, he was able to get us off the field. Mike, you had some guys come off the bench uh, in the first game today and get some big hits, and you had some changes in the batting order over the course of the weekend as well. How much do you know about this? these guys right now as hitters? Are you still learning uh, roles with this team? Oh, without a doubt. And, you know, it's not normal. You, you've watched this for, for a long time, uh, you know, Parrish, and I, and I think we'll continue to do that. You know, certainly – uh, the big talk this week was, you know, losing Peyton and what that would happen to the lineup. And, and as I told you, you know, it, it gives some, you know, it opened the door for some opportunities for some other guys. You saw, you know, Plumlee, you know, get a start today and, you know, Wood got a start. McCants got his second start. Some of that's happening. But then also, you know, to try to get Harris some at bats, you know, uh, Harris, uh, you know, missed the entire fall. Uh, but it came out this spring and, and really probably we, we weren't sure if he'd even redshirt, uh, but he, he, you know, he can't throw yet, uh, but he's, he's swung it so well, you know, in the early inner squads in, in those three weeks. And uh, he's gotten some good swings off, obviously, a game big hit today or big double today in game one. So uh, we'll continue to, you know, to you know, make some moves because, yeah, we have to figure that out. You know, we, uh, certainly the goal is to, to win games, but it's also to kind of figure out what that lineup's going to be. Um, and then on the other side of the ball as well. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.